OR air quality. Is it time to consider adjunctive air cleaning technology? By Sue Barnes and others. Abstract. Patients undergoing surgery may be at risk for infection from airborne particles such as dust, skin scales, respiratory aerosols, and hair fibers emanating from multiple sources in the OR, including personnel, heater cooler devices, and surgical smoke. This risk is increased in surgical patients undergoing procedures involving implanted devices. Surgical personnel are also at risk from exposure to surgical smoke, which can contain viable viral particles, including human papillomavirus infection. Air quality in the OR is improved by engineering controls, for example, maintaining positive pressure. During the past decade, innovations in the field of adjunctive technology designed to improve OR air quality include using ultraviolet disinfection and mobile ultraviolet disinfection plus high-efficiency particulate air filtration. Some of these technologies additionally provide continuous monitoring of circulating air particle counts. Additional research regarding the benefits of adjunctive air cleaning technology in the OR is warranted. Air in the OR may contain contaminants in the form of surgical smoke, also called surgical plume, and other bacteria-laden particles, for example, dust, skin squames, that may create potential health hazards for surgical team members and patients. When a surgeon uses an electrosurgical unit or a laser for thermal destruction of tissue, it generates surgical smoke. Surgical smoke may contain carbon monoxide, viral and bacterial fragments, and carcinogenic and mutagenic particles that can create health risks for surgical team members. The risk of patient infection from contaminated air is greatest when the procedure involves an implant, such as a total joint arthroplasty. In recent years, there have been reports of OR air contamination with Mycobacterium chimera from the exhaustive heater cooler units, which has resulted in surgical infections and patient death, underscoring the serious risks associated with contaminated OR air. Currently in the United States, approaches to ensuring high-quality air in ORs are limited to implementing engineering controls for maintaining air pressure, velocity, temperature, humidity, and air filtration. Air quality standards that include limits for the number of bacteria and specific particles have not been established for U.S. ORs, though they have been established for U.S. compounding pharmacies and for European ORs. However, progress has been made in adjunctive technology designed to improve the quality of OR air. This technology includes ultraviolet, UV disinfection systems built into the OR, as well as mobile air cleaning devices that combine UV disinfection and high-efficiency particulate air, HEPA, filtration. Surgical smoke. Reports have described adverse health outcomes for the surgical team and patients caused by exposure to surgical smoke that include the human papillomavirus, HPV, infection, cancer, and bacterial infection. The U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration estimates that each year in the United States, 500,000 perioperative healthcare workers, including surgeons, RNs, and surgical technologists, 
perform procedures that generate laser or electrosurgical smoke. In 1996, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health warned of toxic gases and vapors and various health risks, including mutagenic threats present in surgical smoke. Smoke from lasers and electrosurgery is caused by the rapid heating of cells that creates pressure and the subsequent release of cell membranes and contents into the OR environment as well as surrounding structures. The type and amount of tissue being cauterized, as well as the environmental conditions, affect the materials that are released during use of lasers and electrosurgery. Generally, surgical smoke is composed of 95% steam and 5% solid particulate matter. When a laser is used, the content of the smoke is affected by the pulse duration and the energy application. The average size of particles contained in laser smoke is 0.3 micrometers, compared with an average particle size of less than 0.1 micrometer contained in surgical smoke generated from electrosurgery. Laser ablation and surgical cauterization of living skin and subcutaneous tissue may release chemical compounds into the OR air that include aromatic hydrocarbons, for example, cresol, phenol, benzene, toluene, xylene. Aldehydes, for example, formaldehyde, acetaldehyde, acrolein. Hydrocyanic acid, carbon monoxide, and nitrile compounds. Some of these compounds are toxic or carcinogenic. Exposure to some compounds contained in surgical smoke can result in serious signs and symptoms of disease or smoke exposure. For example, acrylonitrile, a nitrile compound that forms hydrocyanic acid, penetrating the skin and lungs of an individual can cause nausea and vomiting. Experts have reported that acrylonitrile can also increase the risk of myocardial infarction. Similarly, exposure to benzene found in surgical smoke can cause headaches and nausea. Bagish and Albakri reported lung effects including congestive interstitial pneumonia, bronchiolitis, and emphysema in rats exposed to laser smoke. Tomita and others estimated that exposure to surgical smoke generated by cautery or burning of one gram of tissue with lasers is comparable to smoking three cigarettes, and the surgical smoke generated by burning one gram of tissue using electrocautery is comparable to smoking six cigarettes. The surgical masks worn by surgical team members do not provide adequate protection from surgical smoke. The most effective exposure prevention precaution for surgical team members is the use of sufficient smoke evacuation systems during laser and electrosurgery use. According to the AORN, Guideline for Surgical Smoke Safety, the capture device, for example, wand tubing, of a smoke evacuation system should be positioned as close to the surgical site as necessary to effectively collect all traces of surgical smoke. The ability to capture the smoke is affected by the smoke evacuator flow rate, distance of the evacuator nozzle to the surgical site, tubing size, and the amount of smoke generated. Surgical Smoke and HPV The smoke from lasers and electrosurgery can contain infectious viruses such as HIV, hepatitis B, 
and various types of HPV. The true risk of HPV transmission from surgical smoke generated during laser or electrosurgery procedures continues to be debated, with researchers reporting conflicting findings. Garden and others captured laser smoke after carbon dioxide laser treatment and analyzed the smoke for viral DNA content. The researchers found that intact viral DNA was aerosolized during laser treatment. However, they did not demonstrate that the viruses were infectious. In a similar study to determine whether HPV DNA was present in laser smoke, Hughes and Hughes did not detect HPV DNA during five procedures involving ablation of HPV-positive warts. In another study, Garden and others collected laser smoke containing papillomavirus DNA and re-inoculated the collected smoke into the skin of calves. The researchers found that tumors containing the same virus present in the laser smoke developed at all of the inoculated sites. They concluded that laser smoke could transmit disease. Surgical team members may be exposed to HPV when inhaling surgical smoke containing virus particles during condyloma ablation. In one report, a laser surgeon developed laryngeal papillomatosis, a condition in which benign tumors, that is, papillomas, caused by the HPV virus develop along the aerodigestive tract. Tissue samples from the surgeon's tumors contained HPV DNA. The surgeon reported having performed laser therapy on patients with anogenital condylomas known to harbor HPV. Another report of occupational HPV infection involved a gynecological perioperative nurse who assisted in numerous electrosurgical and laser excisions of anogenital condylomas and subsequently developed recurrent laryngeal papillomatosis. The authors concluded there was a high probability of association between the reported occupational exposure of the nurse and the development of her laryngeal papillomatosis. Surgical Smoke and Cancer Ryu and others reported two cases of cancer in laser surgeons. The first case involved a 53-year-old male gynecologist who developed HPV 16-positive tonsillar squamous cell carcinoma. The physician had no risk factors for cancer or HPV except long-term occupational exposure to laser smoke during more than 3,000 laser ablations and loop electrosurgical excision procedures during 20 years of practice. The second case involved a male gynecologist with a 30-year history of performing laser ablation and loop electrosurgical excision procedures who developed HPV-16-positive cancer of the tongue. To determine whether viable malignant cancer cells are present in surgical smoke, Fletcher and others cauterized mouse melanoma cells and assessed cell viability immediately and seven days after collection. The researchers found that the surgical smoke contained viable cancer cells for up to one week after collection. This finding supported the researchers' hypothesis that port site metastasis after laparoscopic colon resection could be the result of seeding malignant cells contained in surgical smoke. These findings also support the argument that surgical smoke creates a risk for perioperative personnel who potentially could inhale viable tumor debris in surgical smoke. Bacteria in OR air.
Patients are at risk from bacterial infections associated with surgical smoke. Schultz used an experimental model of porcine tissue embedded with serratia marcesins to determine the extent of viable bacteria present in surgical smoke. The researchers found that the plume from blended current electrosurgery, that is, where the surgeon performs cutting and coagulation functions at the same time, contained viable bacteria, whereas the plume from coagulation electrosurgery and lasers did not. The researchers concluded that evacuating surgical smoke may help reduce the risk of surgical incision contamination and infection. Viable bacterial organisms can also be released into the OR air during the use of lasers or electrosurgery. Capizzi and others used an air filter to quantitatively test for pathogens in laser smoke during laser resurfacing. The researchers found viable bacteria, including coagulus negative staphylococcus, horny bacterium, and Neisseria. The researchers theorized that if the patient was colonized with pathogenic bacteria, such as Staphylococcus aureus, the surgical team could be exposed, and based on the air circulation patterns in the facility, individuals in adjacent rooms could also be exposed. For example, an ulcer debridement under moist conditions can lead to significant air contamination with pathogens, such as S. aureus and Pseudomonas aeruginosa, which have been reported to remain detectable in air for some time after aerosolization. This is a risk in any procedure where a laser or electrosurgery is used on moist and pathogen-dense tissue if the pathogen is not completely eradicated. The level of risk depends on the type and concentration of the pathogen and the surgical team's use of appropriate personal protective equipment. Circulating airborne bacteria-laden particles from equipment with contaminated air exhaust, such as heater cooler devices, as well as hair, dust, skin squames, or respiratory aerosols from surgical team members, can create a risk for patient infection, especially during procedures involving an implant. Introducing a foreign body into a patient can reduce the number of organisms necessary to cause an infection by a factor of 100,000. This is because the human body's primary immunologic response focuses on the implant as a foreign body, instead of focusing on the microorganisms contaminating the surgical incision. The contaminating microorganisms are thus able to multiply, form a biofilm, and cause an infection. Outbreaks of invasive M. chimera surgical infections associated with heater-cooler devices used during cardiac surgery procedures, have affected patients in several countries since 2015. Investigations of these outbreaks clearly demonstrate that the surgical infections, with associated morbidity and in some cases mortality, were transmitted to surgical patients by OR air, contaminated with exhaust from the heater-cooler devices. Foot traffic and door openings disrupt the positive air pressure in the OR and allow contaminating microorganisms attached to airborne particles, for example, dust, lint, to settle in the open surgical incision or adhere to the surgical implant, surgical instruments, or surgical team members' gloves. Lynch and others observed and recorded behaviors of perioperative personnel in the OR. 
The researchers collected information that included the number of people entering and leaving the OR, their positions, and their reason for entering or leaving the room. The researchers found there were more than 3,000 door openings during the course of 28 procedures. The number of door openings ranged from 19 to 50 per hour. The number of door openings increased as the length of the procedure increased and was also associated with the number of people in the OR. Controlling OR Air Quality The engineering controls implemented to limit circulating particles and bacteria in U.S. ORs are defined by the Facility Guidelines Institute and the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating, and Air Conditioning Engineers. These guidelines are supported by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, AORN, and the Association for the Advancement of Medical Instrumentation. The engineering controls include maintaining air pressure, that is, positive pressure in relation to adjacent areas, velocity, that is, a minimum of 20 air exchanges per hour, four of which are from outside air, temperature, that is, between 68 degrees Fahrenheit and 75 degrees Fahrenheit, 20 degrees Celsius and 24 degrees Celsius. Humidity, that is, between 20% and 60%, and using sequential air filtration. The Facility Guidelines Institute recommends using sequential HEPA filters for ORs with a minimum efficiency reporting value, MERV, rating of 7, that is, designed to capture particles 10 to 3 micrometers in size, and 14, that is, designed to capture particles from 1 micrometer to 0.3 micrometers in size. The MERV is a measurement scale used to rate air filters based on the size of a particle they are able to filter out of the air. The higher the MERV rating, the more effective the filter. These guidelines for air quality specifications in ORs are based on a consensus of professional expert opinion. Adjunctive OR Air Cleaning Technology During the past decade, there have been innovations in adjunctive technology for improving OR air quality. Products designed for this purpose currently on the market include UV disinfection systems designed to be built into the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning or lighting systems in an OR. There are also mobile units that provide both HEPA filtration and UVC disinfection for all air in the OR for the duration of the procedure. A mobile device that combines HEPA filtration and UV disinfection of air filters particulates from the air including particulates associated with surgical smoke, inactivates microorganisms using UVC light for disinfection, requires a minimal amount of space, that is, 400 square feet or 37 square meters, and operates successfully when located at a distance of 13 feet, 4 meters, from the procedure. The device runs continuously during a procedure without an operator present and does not create any air turbulence or disruption of the OR air balance. Several conference reports in one laboratory pilot study have described the efficacy and benefits of OR air cleaning technology using HEPA filtration plus UVC disinfection. At the 2017 Australasian College for Infection Prevention and Control Annual Conference, Walsh reported 
that air filtration and disinfection units that combine HEPA filtration and UVC disinfection technologies significantly reduce the total and viable particle counts in a highly controlled OR setting. The author suggested that this may reduce the potential for patient infection. Ongoing innovation and refinement of air cleaning technologies, as well as ongoing research to explore the benefits and any potential harms associated with the technology, is prudent, given the risk of patient infection associated with the contaminated OR air and the health risks to surgical team members associated with exposure to surgical smoke. Discussion In addition to adhering to engineering controls for maintaining air quality in ORs, AORN recommends implementing specific perioperative practices to reduce environmental and air contamination. These practices include minimizing foot traffic and the number of door openings during surgical procedures, clipping a patient's hair in a location outside of the OR before bringing the patient to the OR, and having surgical team members wear long sleeves and cover their hair. AORN and the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health support the use of smoke evacuators to eliminate surgical smoke and minimize the associated exposure risks for surgical team members. Using smoke evacuators, however, is not mandatory, and compliance is not universal. Smoke evacuators may be inconsistently used in ORs for several reasons, including the cost of tubing and filters, the need to position the evacuator wand as close as possible to the incision, the time required for setup, and the noise from the evacuator. When the evacuator wand is placed close to the surgical site, it could get in the way and interfere with the surgical procedure. As well, evacuators create negative pressure over the surgical site. Negative air pressure in an isolation room is designed to contain airborne contaminants within the room. In a similar manner, the negative pressure created by a smoke evacuation system could theoretically pull any nearby circulating bacteria-laden particles toward the incision. Beyond supporting established engineering controls for air filtration, air pressure, velocity, temperature, and relative humidity, professional organizations have not provided additional recommendations, and the regulatory agencies have not introduced regulations for mandatory testing of the quality of OR air. Mandatory air quality standards, that is, limits for specific particle counts and bacteria levels, are in effect for U.S. compounding pharmacies and European ORs, but not for U.S. ORs. The U.S. Pharmacopeia General Chapter, Pharmaceutical Compounding Sterile Preparations, requires compounding pharmacies to comply with the International Organization for Standardization Class 5 Standards for Clean Room Air Quality. A Class 5 clean room has no more than 100,000 particles, 0.1 micrometers in size, per cubic meter of air. Personnel in both compounding pharmacies and ORs implement aseptic practices. However, it could be argued that the standard for air quality in an OR should be more stringent than the standard for a compounding pharmacy because there are many more factors causing air contamination, for example, heater cooler devices, skin squames and hair shed from surgical team members, bioaerosols, 
bacteria-laden air particles disseminated via foot traffic and door openings during procedures. Without a regulatory mandate for measuring air quality and achieving specific air quality standards in USORs, there remains a risk of infection for patients, especially those patients undergoing surgical procedures involving implants. Currently, many surgical disciplines engage in the implementation of biomedical devices. In the United States, approximately 1.2 million joint arthroplasty procedures are performed annually. That number is expected to increase to 3.8 million by 2030. The amount of patient suffering and the associated healthcare cost for each infection is tremendous. Recent reports estimate that the range of associated costs for a prosthetic joint infection is between $100,000 and $400,000. Conclusion Contaminated air in the OR presents a potential risk of infection for surgical patients. Surgical team members may also be at risk from air contaminated with surgical smoke. Recent innovations designed to work adjunctively with existing engineering controls have made air cleaning technology available for ORs. Early evidence of the efficacy of air cleaning technology is compelling, though continuing refinement of the technology and additional research that focuses on the benefits of improving OR air quality for patients and surgical team members is warranted.